What is going on, guys? This is Connor from We The People Sports, and today I'm joined by Vinny. What's happening, guys? Vinny Bonacorso here. Glad to be back. And we are here for episode two of The Prophecy. After the first episode that we tried to do on YouTube, it was kind of too messed up and there wasn't a good way to do it. So we decided to switch it over to Anchor and just podcast form. So from now on, you guys are going to be able to check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and the Anchor app. As time goes on, if you guys want to uh, join in or uh, see us personally, we'll be hosting side podcasts that we can do video or audio content. And uh, just reach out if you're interested. Always. We can have guests on here and just make this whatever you guys want to be talking about sports. So the World Series wrapped up now two days ago. And as a Boston Red Sox fan, very happy, very, very happy with the result. But I think it brought forward the playoffs did a lot more than just the World Series. It brought a whole lot of new teams to the mix that nobody really expected. I can definitely understand your happiness, and I think that you can understand my uh, my unhappiness. Oh, just a little bit. With uh, being a diehard New York Yankees fan. But, you know, I mean, the Boston Red Sox played the name of the game. The name of the game the last 30 years in baseball has been if you can afford the best player or the best arm or whatever it would be, and you can build your team and that and – that, um, business standpoint as well as like being a baseball team then it's a proven fact that you win when you get those pieces like the Red Sox won won the division in 2017 and you know they were a very good ball club they got first round bounce it just maybe wasn't enough thump for them or what it might have been they bring in JD Martinez and the guy was you know incredible practically a superhero for that for that lineup on top of Mookie being MVP caliber you know, players stepping up all around. Jackie Bradley Jr. was anemic in the regular season and all of a sudden becomes Derek Jeter in the postseason. So, I mean, it, yeah. it was definitely a uh, – it was like – I don't want to say it was like meant to be that way, but, they, you know, like I said, they played the name of the game. And the name of the game right now is baseball is not only baseball in the big leagues. It's a business. And to, to keep up and to be a winner – you got to be good at the business, which the Red Sox were. You know, like the Cubs have been. That's why they've been prominent. The Dodgers, Yankees, the, even the Astros with some big signings. You know, trading for Verlander last year was their whole uh, their whole shtick into winning the World Series. And people got to realize, instead of bringing up, you know, this team bought this, this team bought that, payroll, payroll, you know, baseball is – you know, it's not Little League. It's a business. So if you can do it, then do it. You make it If you can afford to pay someone, yeah. why wouldn't you? Your, your goal is to not make everyone happy. It's to walk away the last day of the season with rings. Listen, that's a complete fact. And I, listen, I hate the Boston Red Sox, like, a whole lot. And I, I can't sit here and say, oh, my God, bro, they got lucky. They got this. They got that. They completely outplayed every. Their closest playoff series legitimately might have been versus the Yankees when there was, you know, three close games and the one blowout. That might have been the closest series that they played. As far oh, it was as, the closest. As far as a competition standpoint. It was just, you know, the name of the game is different than it was, you know, the 20s, 30s, 40s, etc. It's, uh, 
you know, we're in we're in the twenty tens as you as the, as they call it, I think, right? Twenty ten. I do. I have no idea. I'm I'm too young to know what people call these eras. That's true. <laughs> I'm basically Connor's father, but uh, <laughs> that's besides the point. Wait, what are you? Nineteen? I'm eighteen. Oh damn! I got six or seven years on you, dude. That's crazy. Two thousand, right. baby. <laughs> anyway, okay. Well, let's not let's not discuss that. But uh, you know. That does bother me when I see other sports fans talking about, oh, the Red Sox bought this championship. What it comes down to is everybody, if you can do it or if you are willing to do it, which some teams just aren't willing, like the A's, who were, who were a phenomenal story, they weren't willing to really buy, and they built from the ground up like they do once every 15 years, it feels like, yep. and they play good, really good baseball. But then again, there's also the teams that can afford it in these big markets that draw, you know, good money, a la Boston, New York. You know, even though the Mets are trash, they still generate good money and they just don't use it properly. The L.A., Houston, it's just, you know, these markets do it because they can. And if you can do it, for what reason would you not do it? Like This whole argument about buying teams is absolutely ridiculous. It's It's like if you have the money to buy whatever car you want, and say, oh, well, I'm going to buy a Toyota Corolla because it's not fair if I have a nicer car than everyone else. It's If you have the money, you spend it to be the best. Yeah, that's a fact. You, you like, don't go out and just buy the average stuff if you have the money. And the point is, like using that analogy, if you use your money smartly, you know, intelligently in the baseball world, then it ends up paying off. There are some teams, again, a la the Toronto Blue Jays over the last couple of years, who spent a ton on talent like Tulowitzki, Donaldson, you know, Batista. David Price. The, the, it's crazy. Absolutely crazy. But with, with teams, with a team like that, it shows that, like, they went, they went and bought the Lamborghini when they could have bought, you know, a uh, – they could have bought a Ford, Mazda, Nissan, something that could have been mm-hmm. a quality thing that was reliable, not a Lambo that was about to, uh, you know, hit the crapper. Yeah, you just got to. And that's the thing that's really surprised me with the Red Sox is Dombrowski being here for so little time, bringing in Alex Cora for his first year and just watching how well they work together. Exactly. Late season additions of Steve Pierce, Nathan Yavaldi, them being two of the biggest players in this playoff run exactly. has just been absolutely so much fun to watch. Yeah, Nathan Yavaldi, that's one player I just can't hate. The Yankees, I loved when he was a Yankee because because of his – he had an electric – talent and I hated that he kept getting hurt I just felt so bad for this kid because he was with a bad Marlins team we got him he played pitched really well had you know had some ups and downs but his talent was undeniable and he came into the postseason with the Red Sox this year absolutely like like unhittable it was insane Mm -hmm. about this dude how good Evaldi has become or hopefully will stay you know, like a, he is going to get paid. Yeah, he's always going to get paid. Let's hope that he can stay being good. Though there's a lot of postseason stories that don't end up being so good. You know, mm-hmm. in four coming years. But uh, I'll tell you what, that 97 pitch relief appearance was one of the craziest things yo, I've ever. That watched. was. I'll tell you what. That was what Friday night. 
Yes, Friday night. Because I stayed up for the whole Friday, game. Worst Friday, mistake of my life. Friday, 8 p.m. I was pre-gaming to go to the bar with my buddies, right? I start watching the game. Get to the bar. I'm watching some of the game in pieces, you know. It's Halloween weekend, having a phone with my friends. I'm leaving the bar, 2 a.m. The game's going on. I'm like, what is happening right now? <laughs> so I'm in the Uber back to my buddy's house, and I'm watching it on my phone. I'm like, this is crazy. I end up finally getting back to my buddy's house, like 3.30, Eastern, Eastern Standard Time. And I, I'm walking up the stairs, and I see Max Muncy hit a walk-off homer. And I'm like, I can't believe what time it is right now. Like, I wonder how many – I wonder how many or if everybody, like, in the Red Sox fan base stayed up to watch that. Because, like, I uh, understand. I was up, and it was soul-crushing. Dude, it uh, – that just, like – I understand the Dodgers lost, you know, fairly handedly the series, but – that was that was one of the best World Series games I've ever seen. And to be fair, yep. again, this takes nothing away from you, Red Sox, or Red Sox fans. It was one of the more lackluster World Series I've seen in a while. Yeah, be, I don't. I get what you're saying, and it's. I think it's that way because of how exciting the past like three. Dude, have last been. year's World Series was so insane, and the one and uh, what the Cubs Indians. Cubs Indians. The Cubs Indians. That but, was the but, craziest. Listen, even as a Yankees fan, who in my lifetime I've seen five titles, I can't say I've seen a more exciting World Series than Cubs Indians two years ago. That was unbelievable. That series, unbelievable. That you could argue that was the greatest World Series. Of all I time. remember where I was at the end of every one of those games. I remember where I was in Game Seven when Rajay Davis hit that home run off of Chapman in Cleveland. I remember everything from that series, and I'm nowhere a Cubs or you know an Indians fan. It's just mm-hmm. that I think the fact of the matter is that the Red Sox in these games just played such a good brand of baseball that it led to like a weird comfort level that like. It wasn't exciting as like you know as I as I, as I would have liked it to be. I, it, yeah, they're not a team that plays for the long ball. They're a team that plays to get on exactly, base and hurt exactly. you with I mean, smart baseball. I would never in a million years ever fault a Red Sox fan for being ecstatic with a World Series title. But I'm telling you, if the Yankees won a World Series like this, I'd be celebrating for sure. But I'd be more so like that was like easy. Yeah. Like, I feel like I blinked my eyes in the Red Sox are world champions. And I feel like I wasn't even mad because it wasn't, like, a Game 7 heart-crushing, like, like walk-off win over the Dodgers or something. It was just like... Oh, I couldn't have handled that. I would have had oh a heart God, attack. Yeah, dude, I, I, that 18-inning game was bad enough. I'll tell you what. Listen, Connor, who's on this, the other side of this podcast, is a young sports mind. And we have him with... with WTP, We the People group, because of how invested this kid gets in sports and his knowledge of sports. We don't, we like, the reason I'm, I'm doing a podcast on a Tuesday night with <laughs> a kid who's a freshman in college is because, you know, there's a bright future in this kid's, uh, in this kid's future in media. So, uh, Keep that in mind. Appreciate that, Keep Vinny. that in mind when you guys are listening to the podcast. And keep in mind that, again, these are two different demographics. Like, no, we're not far in age, but to be 18 and 25 and have these, these, these different opinions on uh, on sports, you know. And especially Yankees, Red yeah, Sox. It's, you know, 
That should be refreshed with the song because because I'd say we're two of the most non-biased. Like, there's obviously always that Yankees Red Sox hate. Listen, but you can admit that the Red Sox were a great team. I can admit that the Yankees were a great team this I year. I don't understand how any Red Sox fan could not say the Yankees were a great team this year. I don't understand how they could, or a Yankees fan could say the Red Sox weren't a great team. I don't understand how either one of those, like, I don't know, you wouldn't call them disses, but either one of those statements would be true because it doesn't make any sense that you could say, on one hand, the 108 win followed by World Series champion Red Sox didn't get lucky. They were the best team in baseball. And the New York Yankees, who were decimated by injuries the entire season, still won 100 baseball games, like as if that happens every year. There, there are years where no MLB team wins 100 ball games. And yeah, like, <laughs> and three just happened to come that's out of the That's insane. The American League was unbelievable. I can't wait for next year. Because you know next year there's going to be big moves made this offseason with Harper and Machado. And either the Yankees, Red Sox, or Astros are going to end up with one of them somehow. And I know it's going to be the Yankees, and it pisses me off. Listen, I am going to be on file saying this just because this is a podcast, and whoever listens to it is going to hear my word and whatever else. I do not want Manny Machado and Pinstripes. Not because he isn't a good baseball player. He's one of the best in the game. I just can't seem to respect somebody who continuously, I don't want to say disrespects the game, but thinks he's he's above the game. Like, like you can say about what you want about Bryce Harper's arrogance, blah, 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 blah. The dude hustles every single play. The dude puts his heart on his sleeve every single day. And he's not a dirty player. No, he's not. Manny Machado is dirty. The only thing Bryce Harper does is he plays like like what you would call a dirtbag. He will put his body on the line. He will unleash that crazy throw that, that you shouldn't release because, you know, he's just a different. A different he's, a, he's, a, he's a baseball. He's like a savage. He'll do whatever it takes to yeah. get that to get that extra mile, and yep. that's what makes his talent so special to me. And not saying that Manny Machado is not a good talent, because I'm sure there are going to people there are going to be people that hear this and want to uh, twist the words. Machado is a fantastic talent, but bringing him into a spotlight like New York is only going to ask for bad things. I think Machado ends up with the Cubs. Personally. I could. I think he's going to go to the Cubs, or I, it's a long shot. But I think that the Braves could draw him in. I will say that I really think that um, the Philadelphia Phillies are going to have Manny Machado come spring. I they have. I, they I don't have know so much cap space. And Michael and Franco is such an atrocious fielder. They're going to slide mm-hmm. their, you know, young shortstop J.P. Crawford to third because he doesn't mind playing it. And they could put Machado, you know, because he's being he's been a diva the last two years with his with his opinions on playing third base. Oh anymore. gosh! So put him at short, and then the Phillies right there have a divisional, you know, a. Div- a chance to win the division just by adding that big bat in the lineup with 
one of the best young pitchers in baseball, Aaron Nola. I think that I think mm-hmm. that and I think that uh, either I want to say that all these rumors about you know Yankees not being interested in Bryce Harper, blah blah blah, are just BS because this is such a Yankees move to go get Bryce Harper. It, it really it, is. He would fit the New York Yankees mentality so well, you know, like that lefty bat. You know that that chip on his shoulder. He doesn't give. He doesn't give a. Uh, I'm not going to curse, but he doesn't give. <laughs> he doesn't care. You know. Yeah. He wants to win. And, I just the problem that I have with the Yankees going after Harper, like I I honestly think that he will end up there. I think Harper is going to be in the Yankees uniform. I don't know where they're going to dump Giancarlo. I okay. So I don't know who would want to take that salary. It's either going to become one of two things. If Bryce Harper wants to become a Yankee, which it seems as if he may want to become a Yankee, he's going to need to understand that he isn't going to, he is not going to get 37 to 40 million a year. He'll get probably 28 to 33 mil, which, you know, is not, no, it's not. Oh, oh man, it hurts so much. Where's, where's that how, extra how 9 million? Could that be? But, uh, oh my gosh. He, but he'll accept a deal like that. He'll be the full time right fielder. They'll lock in John Carlo to full time left fielder because he was a full time left fielder for his first six years in Florida slash Miami. So it's not mm-hmm. something he's foreign to in a much smaller stadium that he played in, in Miami. So lock him yep. in full time left field, have Hicks as a role player off the bench who you can DH or put his late inning sub because Hicks is a phenomenal player. And then you can yep. lock in Andahar to a full time. DH spot, and you can sign a viable third baseman. Have DD back at short, hopefully by May or June. Glyber at second, and then first base. You know, if Greg Bird, like I think I said this the last podcast, could not be such a disappointment, then mm-hmm. that's a lefty first base, and that's clutch. Or just platoon Bird and Voight, because for right now, if you can get by with platooning Bird and Voight. A power lefty and a power righty, and bat him low in the lineup. That ain't gonna hurt you that bad with the rest of the weapons in that lineup. And then Sanchez, who turned it on the last few weeks of this season plus postseason, you know I. That's a scary bat if you can get it dude, going. Dude, Sanchez, like at normal, at normal Gary Sanchez, maybe is the best catcher in baseball as a whole. The guy, has, the guy could hit thirty home runs in every any given year, but if you think about in that context. Sanchez is still in his rookie deal, so he'll be catching. Voight and Bird aren't getting big money. They'll be playing platooning first. This is just this, this is like hypothetical. Gliber is on his rookie deal. Didi is signed right now for not I don't know what his exact deal is. I want to say twelve or fourteen mil a year or something around that. And then yeah. uh, third base, there's options in the system. There's options. There's you know there's a lot to do there. There's uh, then left field John Carlo, who's getting the who has that crazy deal from he signed what he signed in Miami, and then people don't understand that either Aaron Judge or Bryce Harper will be the center fielder because Aaron Judge is a phenomenal fielder and Bryce Harper is a phenomenal fielder, and they're both superbly athletic. So mm-hmm. 
They would I'd be, almost rather have Bryce in the center. I would definitely rather have Bryce in the center. Aaron Judge's big body covering yep. that much ground. I don't. I, I want him to be healthy as long as possible. But Aaron yeah, Judge, that's an accident waiting to happen. Aaron Judge is a incredible fielder for that enormous human that he is. But that lineup right there is something that, like under again, their lineup this year was not bad. I'm not sitting here saying that they didn't hit this year or whatever it was, but they. They don't need a Bryce Harper, but I'll tell you what, that wouldn't hurt. Oh yeah, I'm sure it wouldn't hurt. Oh my gosh, like that—that that, that would make me so upset. That would make me the happiest dude on earth to see 34 in pinstripes. Oh, I don't even want to think about that because, like, so obviously this past off season, the move to counteract Giancarlo is JD. There is yeah. not another move that I would make to change this team at all. If the Red Sox can hold together this team by... well, The only people that are free agents are Eovaldi, who I, I really want him back, but I don't know if we'll pay him. And I, there's one more, and I can't remember it. But we, we opted in to sales contract, which was going to happen no matter what. There's absolutely no way Price opts out because no one's going to give him the money that he wants. Nope. And everyone else, like Mookie, I think is on his last year or second last year, so we're going to extend him. We're going to extend Benny. Like, there's no one. The only thing that I would do is pretend if I want to see one of two things happen. I want Brock Holt to be the full-time second baseman, or I want us to go out and find a second baseman. Okay. Because I I am in love with Brock Holt. There there is no reason that he should not be playing. All Red Sox fans should love Brock Holt. That's the kind of player that that you should love, especially in in baseball. You know, he's just you know he's just that guy. Like he's a fun dude to watch, and I hate the Red Sox. But you know, both teams next year are going to be competitive yet again, and it'll be a another you know really good regular season. I'm just uh, the National League is going to be really interesting next year because. Kershaw, if he, I think if he opts out or if he's just a free agent, he could opt out. But again, I don't see him opting out because I don't he loves LA, either, but there's so and many no one's going to pay him. Yeah, the, and like the whole NL might just be like almost in like a rebuild year. The NL is the East of basketball. Yeah, because I mean Harper leaving the NL is a huge hit to the Nationals. Machado's probably might leave. The National League. There's a decent chance he's leaving the National League, if not going to Philly or staying in L.A. Yep. I mean, they're, you know, that's, I don't know. I want to see a uh, full competitive MLB. Again, baseball's different, though. Every year there's a new superstar born. So, yep. five years ago, J.D. Martinez was, you know, 25. And, he, was, he got cut. In. Yeah, 25 and, like, an okay player. And he yep. gets axed. And now all of a sudden he has three thirty with forty two bombs. That's insane. Every that's uh, MLB's the best. I love it. Say so, and like we're saying that the AL is the East of or AL is the West and the NL is the East, but it could flip next year with ease. I mean, like, yeah, Mookie could have an off year. Judge could have an off year. Yeah, uh, it, it, you know, baseball is like that. Baseball is like where somehow the Red Sox might only win eighty games next year. How? Who knows? It just you know, baseball is yep. one day or another. 
But um, that, but we can always count on one thing: the Baltimore Orioles will suck next year. I can't believe how terrible they were. Oh, that. What, hold on, no, I gotta man. see. I gotta see right now what they fin- What is did they finish? Sixty-one games out of first. They fi- they finished with one hundred fifteen losses. Oh my gosh! I just remember that because I was looking at it. I was looking at power rankings, and I want to make Baltimore, sure they were dead last. Baltimore finished sixty-one games out of first place. I, I'm pretty sure they were like eliminated from the playoffs like a week after the All Star break. So if <laughs> if the Red Sox, the Red Sox would have sixty one. I can't even fathom that. Like I'm trying to like do math and I can't even fathom. So if <laughs> if the Red Sox lost sixty in a row to end the season, they would still be one game ahead of the so Orioles. That's the Sox, absurd. So if the Red Sox were. 54 and 54, that would have been 108 games with 44 games to go. They could have won. Dude, the Reds. This is funny to think about that the Red Sox could have lost 61 straight games after they had whatever, 48 wins. And they would have still beat. They still would have still been ahead of the Orioles. They could have That's... lost 61 straight games. Uh, what happened to them? But you know they... what? You know what? The oh, Orioles did finish on a one-game win streak. Looking up for next season. Looking on the bright side. I'm trying to see. What was the second closest? Like Royals. Yeah, thir- I'm pretty no, sure. The Rangers were 36 Rangers. out. Gosh. But the, the the Royals were worse than the Rangers, but they... Ah, uh, yeah. I thought you were talking loss number. No, nah, games back. Games back. <laughs> so, the <coughs> lo- game back separation was almost 30. That's between insane. first and second worst. That's insane. That how how are you that bad? They at one point they had Machado, Zach Britton. I I don't keep up with the Orioles that much, but like those two big names with a serviceable team around them, like they were good two years ago. They yeah. um oh I can't even think of his name. Chris Davis was on the Orioles, right? Uh, I feel yeah, like he was. Yeah, yeah. No, he's, he's, he still is. Yeah, that's yeah. Dude, like, how do you go from being a contender to the worst team in baseball in two years? I think what it. What? Who'd they get for the Machado trade again? Do you remember? In the Machado deal. Yeah. I don't remember the exact prospects' names, but they weren't, like, uh, incredibly high-tiered prospects. I didn't think that they were because, like, they dumped him for They got – the Orioles received five prospects. Okay. Yep. Dean Kramer, Ryland Bannon, righty Zach Pop, and – Bravik Valera. Like, I don't know if any of those guys are even top 50 prospects. I saw something about that kid, Zach Pop, being actually potentially a pretty good pitcher, but I don't remember any of these other people at all. Actually, wait, that Yusniel Diaz kid, did he come up at the end of the season for them? Did he what? Was he up at the end of the season for them? Um, I don't know. Let's check. 
I don't remember hearing anything about him. But... Yeah, the only stats that I see are My for him. No, he finished, he finished with the Bay Sox. Oh, okay. I mean, this kid's numbers look pretty decent. In um oh hang on, Using so the 2018, he played for two teams. He batted 285 with uh 40 no with 11 home runs, 45 RBIs. Yeah, in 97 games. Yeah, I mean, is he... 841 OPS. That's not horrible for AAA. <laughs> he seems decent. I mean, I don't know. I mean. I don't know what they're thinking in Baltimore right now because they have... They knew that he wasn't going to resign, and they just dumped him for anyone. I don't even know what their prospect reel or if their prospect uh, pipeline is, like, rated. Um, let's check. It they're, can't oh, be good. Not, their number one prospect is Neil Diaz. So there's that. So they got him... For Machado, and he's their number one. Yeah. Yeah, like, I don't even know where to look for the rankings, but Yusiel Diaz... Wait, I have have their top ten right here. Yep. So, Yusiel Diaz is number one. Ryan Mountcastle, number two. D.L. Hall, number three, who I don't know who that is. Austin Hayes, who saw a flash this year with them in the big leagues, is number four. Uh... Grayson Rodriguez, number five. Dylan Tate. I remember this kid's name from the draft a few years ago. He is supposed to be, was supposed to be an absolute electric starter in the bigs, and I don't think he's ever come come to it. Yusniel Diaz is the number 52 prospect in baseball. The number one in their system. Yep. And then I'm not seeing – the next one's 63, and that's Ryan Mountcastle. He's a third baseman. And then – that is it for the top 100. So they have two top 100 prospects, and they're both bottom 50. Yikes. Not, that is not the best look for them, especially dumping Machado in Britain. I mean, this, you this, might as well trade Chris Davis at this point. Chris and Davis, every other player that you have. Chris Davis was so unbelievably terrible the last two years. It's horrible. They but should have gotten rid of him. Terrible. Talk about something for the future, huh? You ready for this? Okay. In two years, Vlad Guerrero Jr. is going to be an MVP prospect. Uh, maybe next year if he's up the an entire MVP year. MVP candidate. Candidate. <laughs> yeah. Prospect. Like, dude, I don't know why they didn't call hold him on, up. Hold on a sec. Because I got to just read this, this dude's numbers at wherever he was, AAA or AA. Oh, uh, he was AAA. What I saw, when I saw this last, I literally had to, like, take a seat and, re- and reread it. Oh, it's crazy. <laughs> His numbers this year. Let me see this. Have you got them up? Because I have them right here. Yeah, yeah, I have them up. Have them up. 2018, on three different levels of minors, he had in 400, uh, 357 at-bats. He had 136 hits, 20 homers, 78 RBIs, 29 doubles, and a triple. So, in... 357 at-bats. He had 136 hits. 
the cra- craziest stat that I can see off this, like uh, that's well, yeah, three eighty one average, ten seventy three OPS yeah. for a nineteen year old to have yeah. thirty eight strikeouts over ninety five games and three hundred fifty seven at bats is wild. insane. Wow. Like obviously he's not up against MLB talent pitchers, but still. I mean, that should be enough of a reason to call him up is just give him a chance. He's 19 years old. There's no way he's not up for spring training and starting next year. The like, he will from. be one of the best players. He has the potential to be the best player of his generation. Fernando Tatis Jr. is number two. His dad was a pretty decent pro. Eloy Jimenez. This dude's supposed to be a stud from the White Sox. Uh, Victor Robles, he showed some flashes this year with the Nationals. Kyle Tucker's number five, huh? Really? Nick Senzel, number six. Royce Lewis, seven. Forrest Whitley, eight. Brendan Rogers, nine. Alex Kirilov, ten. Huh. So it is looking up for baseball. There's there are a lot, a lot of, of, I mean, there's a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of good talent coming up in the, uh, Baseball pipeline. A lot of these players are going to be really. The kid that came up for the Nationals this year, Juan Soto, mm-hmm. dude, drops absolute bombs. The homer he hit in the Bronx, and I think it was August or September, was unbelievable. How far he hit it. The excuse that baseball is boring to watch is becoming less and less relevant by the day. Baseball is the most racially diverse sport that there is. And oh yeah. Baseball is the most day in day out. Entertaining sport. You can put on one game or another, and you're going to find something cool happening. Baseball is the only sport that I will sit down and watch any game, any day, any time of the year. Like I, I, will, think, I, I don't think I missed a Red Sox game this year. I, I There was not a day that I did not watch a full baseball game. Listen, that is how – I mean, that's how I feel about it. It's like – that's like baseball is like uh, – it's like that companion you have day in and day out. Yeah, basically. That's it is it's like it's since, a great since, feeling. Since the female race likes loves to play games, the only girl I ever have in my life is baseball. Yeah, that, I agree with that a hundred percent. Baseball will never leave your side. Baseball is the most loyal. Hundred percent. But um I'm trying to think right now on what else I want to touch on in the baseball aspect of everything because it is a sad day. There's like I was looking at something today that there really isn't an end to baseball. Like I didn't realize how much stuff happens. In fact, I'll try and find. No, the off season's enormous. Like the off season meetings are really intense too because stuff always happens. And like I, there's like not a week that something doesn't happen. And, like, because there's awards for the next month, basically. Yeah. And then after that, it's meetings in, like, for December and January. And February 11th, pitchers and – or February 11th or February 13th, pitchers and catchers report. I think it's just like, so sad for me that I don't get to watch a baseball game again until March. It's so upsetting. Like, this is that time – like, we were talking about it before the podcast started. Like, this is a dead time. For sports, NFL's middle of the regular season. Like it'll start to get interesting week twelve, week thirteen. NBA blah in general until playoffs, and NHL it's too early to tell anything basically. The NHL 
this year has been already a wash for me. The Rangers are terrible. I'm not trying to get too hot on the Bruins because I know what they're going to do. Like, Charlie McAvoy just got put on IR. Oh, It's not looking great. I mean, we're tied for first right now. But let's talk about, real quick, the uh, literally just going to spend 30 seconds on this, on how the NBA is getting worse by the sole fact that yesterday the Warriors just proved, again, that it's not entertaining to watch. They're playing a practice game. That's what it is. They're Basically. Playing- they're playing practice squad games. Oh, but I love Clay Thompson. I was happy that he broke the record. Clay Thompson. Clay, Clay Thompson's. A, you know, he's a good shooter. It's just not fun to watch a team. No, I agree with just that. That it's like watching. It's like going on NBA 2K, turning off sal, turning off salaries, and that's basically the, what they did. They figured it. out how to do that in real life. Listen, it, it, it's all good if you can make it happen. Then every team should do it. But the yep. thing is, is that, like, if every team can do it, why aren't they? Why are the Warriors the only team doing this? And why is Marcus, like The Celtics like are York, the closest team. Like, why are the markets like the Nets and Knicks so bad to watch? Like, like if, you, if, if, if it's that easy to do, like, they did it, then do it. Dude, Steve Kerr and Warriors ownership, I'm pretty sure that they sold their souls to the devil. Yes. Yeah, like, there's no other explanation. Legit. Okay, so... NFL this week, two marquee matchups that have huge playoff implications. 425 on Sunday, Rams, Saints, and the Sunday night football game, Packers, Patriots. Two massive games. And then your Jets ta- are taking on, or not your Jets, Oof. your Dolphins are taking on the Jets. It was the other way on the screen. Don't ever, <laughs> ever. All the, call them the New York Jets, my team. I hate the Jets more than I hate the Red Sox. That was a mistake on my part. God, I almost threw up in my mouth a little bit when I heard <laughs> it. But, uh, I mean, uh, that is a, that, that's a big game for the Dolphins to find identity this year. If they want to prove any, uh, any bit of courage they have this year as a team, they got to come out and whoop the Jets at home on Sunday. They play in Miami, where they usually play pretty well. They need to come out and whoop them. Other than you that, have a, you otherwise... have a new quarterback. What? You have a new quarterback in Danny Amendola. Oh, Danny Amendola throws dimes. That's besides the point. <laughs> it's still Brocktober. Oh no, it won't. it'll be November. So he's he's done. But um, <laughs> regardless, yeah. uh, it'll it'll be interesting. I think that I, I think Dolphins will end up with. You know, nine or ten wins this year, and maybe sneak into a wild card berth, but nothing to get excited about. But the Patriots Packers will be fun to watch with the sole fact that the two best quarterbacks, arguably, of a generation are facing off. And uh, that 425 game might be even better, really. Yeah, but I think New that the winner of that will win the NFC, is my guess. I'm still really high on New Orleans. I think New Orleans is going to win that way. It's going to win the NFC. I think that, I don't know, something about this team and Drew Brees' last year has that magic, I think. And that's I was that's so high. Yeah, I remember that. I was so high on the Rams at the beginning of the year for their defense. That, granted, they picked up Dante Fowler Jr. today, Dude, which is absolutely that's absurd. Mean. That's exactly what I mean, is like, the Red Sox did it. The Yankees have been doing it for years. The Warriors did it. The Rams are doing it now. If you can do it, for what mm-hmm. reason are you not doing it? Like, every team's objective should be win now. Yep. Every team's objective should be building the super team. 
Every and team. And the, the Rams have done that for sure. Every team. When they drafted golf, it was like people were like, oh, wow, you know, why is golf so, so highly rated, blah, blah, blah. He's not even that good. Well, guess what? The Rams scouting department wasn't stupid because the kid's a stud. Yeah, and when you put him next to Todd Gurley and Sammy Watkins and Todd then Gurley the defense. Unbelievable. Oh, Todd Gurley is the best running back in the NFL. He's unbelievable. There's no reason Le'Veon Bell should be making more than him. Le'Veon Bell. Dude's a joke. I, he's still not back. I don't think he's reported. Bro, he's such so, a joke, dude. He wants all this money, and he just – if. To yeah, me, it's... to me, he's just proven that he's a system running back. James Conner's doing exactly what he did. I wouldn't say I Jane or Le'Veon Bell is a very good running back, but that Steelers offensive line made it very easy for him. Yeah, well, that, that's yeah. I mean, that, that's the point. Like, it's just James Conner. He's my one of my fantasy running backs, and I can say firsthand that the guy is putting up some numbers, and it's proven that, you know, Le'Veon, you know, you're not that missed, buddy. You know, it's not like they need you right now. Nope, not at all. And I'm pretty sure if he doesn't report by next week, then he has to stay with Pittsburgh one more year. Yep, he does. Yeah, yeah, something like that. So he'll come back next week, and he probably, I don't I don't know what he's going to do. If he'd fake an injury so that they don't play him, I, I can't see him doing that, but I also couldn't didn't expect him to sit out ten weeks. I just took my fantasy matchup and I'm playing Todd Gurley this week. God damn it. Oh well that's a loss. Well, I don't know. The Saints, they could pull something out. But the kid I'm playing, I I'm looking at this right now. It looks like he has his whole team is playing in both of those games. He has really Gurley, he has Gurley, James White, Cooper Cup, Julian Edelman, Jimmy Graham, all playing. Wow. So if some of those people in those games just don't go off, I might have a dub. There's always a chance. But, dude, I think the winner of Saints-Rams ends up winning the NFC. And I think I if – I can't believe the Rams are 8-0. That's just great. I think they're 7-0. They're not 8-0? I think they've already had their bye. No, they're 8-0. No, they're 8-0. Okay. I thought they already had their bye. So, yeah, undefeated. Oh, I, hope they, I oh. hope they go undefeated. I hope we went into the Super Bowl. I hope we beat them. Oh, no, I need that no, in my no. life. No, you don't <laughs> need that. Because my Dolphins, the only thing that we have is that we're the only team to ever go undefeated through a whole season and playoffs. No, we did it. Oh, well, playoffs, yeah. And Super Bowl. Yeah, but I'm saying I want the Rams to get to the Super Bowl undefeated so we can beat them. Oh, so that they can feel our pain. Our pain. Dude, that was the happiest Super Bowl that I've ever seen. Oh, I love watching it. So that was like the first main sporting event that I rem- like championship that I remember watching well, because that I was seven, and I remember sitting on my couch crying. It was horrible. Like that was soul crushing. And then of course, the Red Sox and like since. Like, that's the thing. Like, people say, oh, you've been alive for 18 years and you've seen all these championships. I've seen more Super Bowl losses than I have wins. <laughs> which, I mean, which I mean, granted, like, I've seen five Super Bowls. But I just uh, got born at the right time, I guess. I would love to see the Miami Dolphins even in a Super Bowl. Like, just something. Just give me something. <laughs> 
God, it is. It, please. I think it's more likely that the Knicks make the finals this year. Oh my God! Yeah, probably. You're right. It's a shame. <laughs> like I, I haven't even looked at basketball standings. All I know is that the Bucks are undefeated. But you what know the Knicks a... are two and five. The Knicks are. Yeah, they're only two game or a game out of playoffs. Two and never five. know. The Milwaukee Bucks are gonna go eighty-two and zero. Oh please. Please let that happen. I wouldn't even be mad if the Celtics lost to them in the Eastern Conference Finals Celtics. just to see just to see Giannis boom and dominate LeBron. Celtics uh four and two. That's not, that's decent. Five and two. We just won. Oh, they won tonight? Yep. Oh wait. Oh yeah, wait a second. Are they still playing? Because it says that they're live. Scored. We won one oh eight, one oh five. Oh yeah, it's over. We only beat the Pistons by three. Oh, basketball, man. I did see Kyrie drop. Um, I don't even know his name. Whatever the point guard for Detroit is. Oh, that was question. that was fun to watch. Like, like basketball. Oh, just I hate basketball. I hate watching it. I love playing it. I suck, but I cannot sit down and watch a basketball game. No, it's miserable. The first three quarters are just this, like, paint drying. Well, the first three quarters last night, Clay Thompson put up 50, so that's the only time it's ever interesting. That's what I mean. It was like putting a player on 99 overall and just letting him play a practice team. Yeah, it was r- ridiculous. But uh, the NFL this week, who's your lock? Lock of the week. Um, I gotta look at this. Look at the schedule again. Um, I, I with all my heart, I want to say that the Patriots are locked, but I know they're not because of the defense. Okay, so week nine, lock of the week. I would probably give it to the Chargers over Seattle because Seattle's defense has not impressed me at all, and the Chargers have somehow. Just been really good this year. So, that's my lock of the week. Your lock of the week is Chargers over the Seahawks in Seattle? Yes. I'm I'm going all out. Are are you going by the spread or are you going to go straight up lock? I probably should have gone with the Chiefs over Cleveland, but I didn't see that. Yeah. Oh, God. Lock of the week? That's that's rough, but we're going to go with it. We're going to take... Charge it over Seattle for the lock. And then I'd upset of the week. Mm. Um, I don't even know if you could call it an upset. But Buffalo over Chicago. I was thinking the same thing. Buffalo over Chicago. But Buffalo. I don't know who's starting. So terrible. It depends on if Josh Allen comes back. I'm going to say my lock of the week is going to be – my lock of the week is going to be uh, the Cowboys over the Titans on Monday night. Really? And with Amari Cooper, I think it's going to be a big offense. Okay, speak, speaking of the Amari Cooper situation – 
How is he worth a first-round pick? Because he's 24 but, years old. Yeah, but still. He's 24 years I, old, come, like, with, you know, two years off of a 1,200-yard year and a lot, a bunch of touchdowns. I think he has a lot of potential, but, you know, Golden Tate has been phenomenal. To get him for, a, what, a third-round pick? Yeah, third. That's a steal. And then Demarius Thomas for a fifth. Yeah, DT's a stud, dude. I mean, I don't know. That, that, that's like, wild. Josh Gordon, Demarius Thomas, and um, Golden Tate all went for third, third, third. under a third. Yeah. Like, that's crazy. But what's your upset of the week? Same thing? My upset of the week... I'm gonna go with. I'm actually pretty sure that my Miami Dolphins are underdogs this game by the spread. Really, really? Yeah, I'm in Miami, the NFL hates the Miami Dolphins. Uh, that's a fact. That's true. They just don't like my boys. Um, my upside of the week. I'm gonna go with Denver over Houston. Okay. Denver, even Denver, with, you know. Even with Houston adding to Mary's Thomas? Yeah, I think that this is a week where they need a win, too, before they before they say Case Keenum's been a failure. Yeah. It's, Broncos, but man, they, Keenum, that's another team that just fell. Case Keenum's really, you know, been a failure, though. He had 2,100 yards, 10 touchdowns, 10 picks. That's you can't do that and expect to be anywhere near playoff contention. My my like, unpopular opinion on the NFL this year is that I think Sam Darnold is going to be terrible in the long run. Really, I, I don't think he's going to be bad. What does he have? Three lost fumbles, eleven picks, eleven eleven touchdowns, ten picks. Yep, and a fifty percent completion percentage, like. I don't think he's going to be bad. I think he's going to be serviceable. I think he'll make them a team that is going to consistently go 500 and never get better because they don't have draft picks. I just don't see – I don't see him taking them to the next level. I They should have gone after someone else in the draft. Like, I would say Saquon, but he got traded. Or he got taken I just, second. I don't trust USC quarterbacks, nor do I trust... Mark Sanchez, baby. Yeah, uh, a guy with the 50% completion percentage. Yeah, that's... I, I'd i agree with that. He's not going to be what New York needs at all. He's not even completing the passes. It's like, that. that's really not good. Yeah, like, but, I'll get. I'll, I could get out there and throw. Uh, I'm not going to say that. Never mind. I was going to say I'd get out there and throw 50, percent but people would hold me to that. What's your bold your bold prediction of the NFL this week? Bold prediction of the NFL this week. Um, that New England and Green Bay will end in overtime on a hail mary by Aaron Rodgers. That, uh-huh. like, his standard throw it up and just hope, and it gets picked off by Rob Gronkowski. Oh, okay. That, that's that's definitely bold. I just – there's no way this isn't a shootout game. Both defenses I, I aren't that great. 
I agree with that. The Packers need to win. They're three and three. Mm-hmm. But the Patriots we need to win just as bad. They can't lose another game this year with Kansas City no, being can't. having only one loss, and they're not losing to Cleveland. Do you want to hear a bold statement? I would love to, because you have some pretty bold statements. Patrick Mahomes is going to set the yardage record this week. Like for a game? A single game, yeah. I could see that. I think he's going to set the yardage record this week. Oh, I hope they're all to Tyree Kill because I have him and Tyree Kill in fantasy, so I might I set the tra- fantasy I have, record. I have, tra- yeah, I have Travis Kelsey. So, yeah, like, that's very possible. I could see him doing that. He's been so good. He's had one bad game, and it was against the Patriots. I think that I'm also impartial because everybody says I look like him, so I, <laughs> so I appreciate that comparison because he's a stud. Yeah, like he's been unbelievable. I, my problem with that. What was that? My problem with the Chiefs is Andy Reid in the playoffs, and I don't know if he can change that or if Patrick yeah. Mahomes can save them. Yeah. And personally, I don't think that they will. So I think it's going to end up being probably New York and Jackson. Or New York. Gosh, I can't talk. New England and Jacksonville again. And then probably Saints Rams. For what, New England Jacksonville in the, in the title game? Yep. Jacksonville's terrible, dude. I, I just see a way for them to come back. Dude, they're three and four. I mean, I, I, I can see them writing the ship a little bit, but they are terrible. I, I just feel like Blake Bortles is going to turn it on again and become that quarterback of the playoffs. I think the AFC title game this year is going to be Steelers-Pats. Steelers again. I could – okay. Yeah. Again, I, if Le'Veon comes back, yes. If not, I don't know. I don't know if they'll Bro, have – James Conner. Yeah, but, like, he James hasn't Conner, been in that playoff situation yet. He has 125 carries for 600 yards and nine touchdowns. He also has a lot of receiving yards. Yeah, I mean, I could, they have Antonio Brown and Juju. I could see the Chargers making a push, too. I could see them making a push, too, but oh, wait, what am I talking about? The Chiefs. <laughs> no, but, like, yeah, that was my thing was, like, Andy Reid's going to lose in the first round again. Yeah. That was why I was talking about someone else. But, yeah, I I don't know. I'm still stuck on either Patriots Saints or Patriots Rams in the Super Bowl. And I want it to be Patriots Saints because I've been saying since Super Bowl 49, before Brady retires, I need to see Brady Breeze or Brady Rodgers, no matter what the outcome is. That's just the Super Bowl that everyone deserves. I would love to see a Brady Breeze Super Bowl just because – you know, Drew Brees is one of my all-time favorite players. I think you could argue he's the greatest passing quarterback of all time. I think so, too. I think that he just throws such an incredible ball all the time. He's, like, it's incredible. It's so much fun to watch him. It definitely is fun to watch Drew Brees. He's been a blast for years and years. Yeah. Do we have anything else that we want to uh, really touch on? I really think that's it. So, unless you got any other bold predictions that's kind of dead – time for sports right now so it's going to kind of be just a lot of hypothetical talk for these next couple weeks until nfl kicks into playoff mode so if you guys have anything that you want us to talk about make sure you let us know
because we'll, we will be happy to talk about anything, have some guests on, listen to some questions, and just see what you guys want to talk about. That's a fact. We're still getting uh, getting our feet wet with this specific podcast, and we want to see which angle we, we want to take and which angle you want to hear. Do you want to hear, uh, you know, do you want to hear it be more comic, where it's, like, comedic, where it's, like, we can make the subjects less serious? Or do you like the more serious talk where we can venture off in a different field? Yep. Let us know if you want to be a guest. You know, we'll you know, we'll have you on the show. We'll do some pop-up shows here and there. So just let us know. All right. But other than that, guys, that is going to be it for episode two of The Prophecy, brought to you by We The People Sports. Make sure you check them out on Twitter at WTP Sports. Make sure you check out Vinny and myself on Twitter as well. And we will see you guys in the next recording. Until then, see you. Peace. Peace.